Hey everybody, C-Note here and welcome to Dopamine, the show that is like the green Power Ranger, so badass that he can play the flute through his helmet. Today on the show, we're talking about infidelity. This is a bit of a vulnerable topic for me. This is something that I am not innocent in and uh, something that has, in relation to mental health, been a pretty important topic for me to look back on in my past to make certain judgments about myself and my relationships and where I can go forward, how that affects my mental health, how my mental health has affected my relationships, my decision-making, and kind of determined what I want in life and and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot to break down here. Uh, it, it's a pretty interesting topic. I think it's not something that I talk about very much. So uh, hopefully it's something that you guys can talk about or resonate with. This is really for people who have been a cheater or have been cheated on and talking about all those different angles and, uh, I don't know, just, just broadly talking about the topic. So let's hit the button and do the thing and enjoy the show. Drums, Okay, so welcome to the show. I hope you guys are doing well. I'm your host, C-Note, and um, today I want to talk about infidelity because it is a topic that uh, it's, it's kind of vulnerable for me because it's unfortunately something that I have done and something that I'm not very proud of, honestly. Um, and I could look at my mental health history and blame it on that. I could blame it on my being immature. I could, I could blame it on the other person. I could blame it on the person that made me do it, quote unquote, <laughs> or blame it on the, I don't know, social media or blame it on anything. And fact is at the end of the day, it's something that I've done. It's something that is a part of who I am. I wouldn't say it's a part of who I am. It doesn't define my identity. It comes up in conversation sometimes and something that I feel like it's important in my current relationship to have mentioned that I, that it's something that I've done. But she's also understanding of the circumstances and I constantly break down a lot of um, what I was thinking in those moments to really be clear about you know, the providing a sense of security within her and I's relationship right now. Um, so infide infidelity as it relates to mental health is really interesting in, in the sense that I've, you know, I talked about it kind of in the, in the context of like violence and mental health, you know, violence is, can be a symptom of mental health, but it's also, a part of it, it's not a symptom of mental health. It's more of a simple, a, a symptom of bad, poor upbringing <laughs> and the same way infidelity can be similar to that. Um, it could certainly accentuate certain behaviors or certain ways of being, but it's still an individual's responsibility to better themselves from the perspective of mental health or, uh, uh, you know, not to be a violent person, to not be abusive, to not cheat on your partner to, you know, not get yourself fired at work, things like that. Or to be clear about the things that you need to address your mental health needs. Um, 
you know, some of the issues that I've had in my past when, in regards to infidelity, uh, personally were emotional safety issues, meaning I did not feel comfortable with the person I was with. And therefore I, instead of ending the relationship I was in, which admittedly is a cowardly move to not be honest about my emotions, it was something that, um, led me into the arms of another person. Um, and sometimes it was just emotional. Um, there was a, there were a few instances of this, um, occurring, occurring in my life. Um, some were emotional. There were some physical things. And in those cases, it was all about the, either the high of the experience in comparison to the life I was living at the time or the emotional connection with someone that I didn't feel like I was getting with the person I was with and mixed with that high of, of getting attention from someone that I was not supposed to get attention from. So mixed with like the mania aspect. So it's going to be difficult to navigate this because I'm, I want to be clear that I'm not using my mental health as an excuse for this behavior. It was not a good choice in any circumstance, in any case. And the point being that with the, the talking about my mania is that I was going through a lot of destructive behavior and part of that destructive behavior of mania is ruining my personal relationships. If things were going good, if things felt like they were stable, there was just something in my brain that told me to jump uh, or to do something to change it up or to sabotage it. Um, also mixed with the idea that when I was a kid, I didn't get a lot of attention from women. So when I did at a later age, I like, I, I would absorb it from wherever it came. You know, I didn't want to just dismiss it and say like, Oh, that's cool. I wanted to be like, Oh, all right. Well, huh. <laughs> what can I do with this? You know? And that was not, um, a healthy perspective. You know, it wasn't healthy for me to, to play around in this relationship within the relationship I was, I was in, you know, um, and be able to say like, I'm not happy with this or I'm not happy with the mundanity of the relationship I'm in, or there's something that there's some need that it's not being met within this relationship and I needed it somewhere else. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't good for me to do that. It wasn't fair to the other person. Of course, uh, that's pretty obvious. I think people agree to that. And it wasn't fair for me to use that as the thing for me to, take my, to get my jollies off on, you know, it wasn't fair for me to use that as the mania thing. And I think it was the combination of the mania mixed with that previous, that younger male experience of, of not getting a lot of attention so that when I started to get attention, I wanted to feed on it. And that's not healthy. You know, I was definitely immature, um, and was approaching a lot of, um, uh, you know, those situations with that common combination of that mindset and really not valuing my own personal life very much. So while I loved the person I was with, I was also very, very much able to convince myself that like, well, if they don't know, it's fine, <laughs> you know, and it's, that's not cool, first of all. And because, you know, for me being a person that 
I've always been a bit morally ambiguous, especially when I was younger, meaning I was okay doing stuff and not feeling bad about it. Um, particularly when it came to infidelity, I, I had a lot of bad habits when it came to like stealing things or minor vandalism, stuff like that. And uh, never got caught for anything. I always thought I could use my intelligence to get away with stuff. And I think some of that was part of the allure was how do I navigate this in a way that doesn't get me caught, you know? And I think that was also satisfying in a way that wasn't, you know, it's not good, but I, I think that was part of the allure of it for me and finding that satisfaction again, that hit that a lot of us who are dealing with any kind of mania knows or ADHD or anything that, that involves getting like a, like a dopamine hit is all about um, finding the next thing. And I think for me, it was a combination of things that was getting me into my flow state. That means I was able to, I was trying to trick not only the person I was with to not catch me doing this stuff, but it was about trying to uh, convince the person that I was cheating with that it was morally okay to do this with me because it was like a, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity between us or something, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was a momentary thing and we need to take advantage of the moment and stuff like that. You know, all of the things that like dudes do to try to convince girls to sleep with them, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm no, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm totally, you know, I've been douchey in that sense. And I totally admit that. So I think part of it was the, the high of being able to pull that off. And cause I really did. I liked the process. I remember at the time I liked the way that it felt. I like, you know, and I'm sure everyone does at the time, you know, it's exciting. It's you're getting away with something, you know, you're, you're, and it's not, it doesn't feel like you're trying to hurt the other person. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Um, it never felt like I was doing it in spite of the other person, but it was like for me and satiating what my brain wanted, because it was never really about the physical body feeling. You know, I could, if I wanted to just feel good, I could just go masturbate or something, you know, <laughs> like it's, it wasn't about that for me. It was about the, the, the cognitive connection uh, with someone and trying to, it was about being wanted, you know, because it was mixed with the idea that when I was a kid, uh, when I was younger, teenager, I didn't get a lot of attention. So when I started to get that attention and I started to feel wanted, it's like you get this high wanted from more than just the person you're with, because you've already quote unquote conquered that, you know, it feels like, you know, what else can you do? And it's, again, it's really messed up. It's not a good I'm not saying it's good at all. It was not good for me to do that. Um, but I remember feeling that the most exciting part of it was like feeling like I can get away with it because I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do. That's kind of the story of my life. I want to do what I want without someone stopping me and getting in trouble or any kind of consequences. You know, like I wanted to sleep with this person once because I was really excited about it. And I like the way that their brain works or I like some emotional connection or I like something and I wanted to express that, but I didn't want it to affect any kind of long-term thing. And I, I think I convinced myself that I was able to pull that off. And, um, you know, there was, 
I mean, I, I still haven't gotten caught, which is messed up, but, uh, it's not something that I'm, I'm not coming out and admitting this to anyone. Sorry. Don't ask questions. <laughs> but the idea is that, you know, I, I, I do feel a sense of shame about it. I, I feel shame, not about the, like the person I was with, because obviously it's like bad. And I, I it wasn't about, because it wasn't about that. It wasn't about me. It was about, about what was I missing that made me want to do this, you know, because it wasn't about, I didn't care about the other person's perception, meaning the person that I was with, I didn't care about their perception uh, because I felt confident enough to not get caught. So I didn't think about that. I haven't considered that. I, I haven't even thought about that, honestly. Um, and cause I always felt like I could talk my way through things and, and find a way to like, uh, do logical gymnastics to find my way through or in or out of, out of a situation, no pun intended. And, um, so the, the struggle that I've really been thinking about or have is like, why, why did I want to do that? Especially if it's not about blatantly hurting the other person, then what's going on with me subconsciously. It's a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about in terms of, uh, um, my relationship with women. Uh, and I have, you know, no great way of saying this without sounding douchey, but I have great love and respect for women. And it wasn't about trying to quote unquote trick women to sleep with me. It was just about feeling a sense of validation for myself. And I think having a woman feel like she could give herself to me, that sounds creepy. I don't mean it that way, but I mean like to want me, to want to be with me, to connect with me, to be sexual with me felt like the ultimate validation for me. And that may be true for many other men. Um, but they may feel that about the partner with they're, they're with. And I felt like I was supposed to feel that with the partner I was with. So at multiple points, like I would still go and do the thing, but it would make me very much think about my relationship and think about, why, why do I even have this thought first and foremost? And I know that there are many variables, you know, in thinking about the fact that I'm, I'm a dude, we are generally trying to quote unquote, spread our seed and, and, you know, going to as many ladies as possible. I get that aspect, but I'm also an intelligent human being. I consider myself somewhat intelligent. Um, but I felt like I was giving myself to the whim of my, instincts in a way that was unhealthy and my instincts being driven by mental illness doesn't help anything either because it makes me search for that high even more. So I felt like the high was way more potent than any semblance of feeling bad that I could ever have or ever experience. And, um, you know, that could be very much unique to me, could be unique to my brain chemistry, unique to how I grew up. Um, and again, not saying that any of this was okay because it really wasn't. Um, but I felt like the way that I could get through it, the way that I could grow from it and not do it again was to learn, you know, what caused me to do it, you know, um, whether it was women, whether it was my mental health, maybe it was the, um, desire. Maybe at the time I wasn't feeling like I was getting enough, affirmation from my relationship or from the people around me. Maybe I wasn't feeling like I was, um, 
using my natural brain talents in the way that I wanted to, I, or I didn't have the room or the opportunity. Maybe there was things in my relationship that got stale. Maybe there were, you know, there's points in relationships where expectations come in and um, it can be really hard to feel a sense of novelty within a relationship that you've had for a very long time. So, and being someone who part of my mental illness is that seeking of novelty mixed with my personality type being an INTP. My secondary function is extroverted intuition, which is very focused on novelty and going with the flow and optimism. So, um, but I, I ended up using it in a way that was not good for me or, or not maybe, I mean, it's hard to say because it felt like it was good for me at the time, but that's a very physical thing. You know, it's very much in the moment. I don't feel a sense of regret for doing any of that stuff because it ultimately taught me things. But if you continue to do it, then that's, that's the problem, right? And uh, if you're someone who is currently in a infidelitous situation, if you are someone who is with a partner and you don't know how to communicate with them, or there's something where your needs are not getting met, you need to address it with that person. And part of the problem that I had was being an introvert and being an introverted thinker. I was not always the greatest at communicating my feelings, being able to ask the right questions, being able to get the answers from someone that I felt like I really needed in order to feel valued and safe in the relationship. So instead of actually continuing to try to figure something out or to leave the person, I would just be like, you know what? I'm going to appreciate the safety that's within this relationship and go seek the novelty outside of it. And that was not, it's not good. It's not something that really anyone should do. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to the person that you're cheating with. It's not fair to the person you're cheating on, you know, especially if the person you're cheating with wants a relationship, what do you, what do you do from there? You know, things get, it makes things way more complicated than it needs to be. And if the reason for cheating is to feel a personal high, then it's no different than, you know, shooting up heroin or eating too much food or doing something else that is unhealthy for you. And realizing that it's not about being with this new person because it's not about being with, it's about, getting that momentary high versus, and, and, you know, the high for me was also the conversations, you know, the sneakiness, the affirmations. Um, if you're seeking all of those things, as opposed to wanting to spend time with this person outside of those things, then, you know, there's, there's, there are just things to consider in terms of long-term and short-term, you know, it's not fair to the person you're with, because you're not just you're not just avoiding yourself of the opportunity to be with this new person. You're avoiding them the opportunity to be with someone that would be able to click with them better and appreciate them. You know, it's I've always said within anything that I talk about within it when it comes to relationships, it is it is one person, another person, and then the third entity that is the combination of the two things in the relationship. And Sometimes that third thing just doesn't mix to be a good thing. And you have to be honest with that. And sometimes that's, that's part of it. You know, change is scary. I have always been, it's always been hard for me to let go of things. Uh, relationships are not personally. And it has been, um, 
it, it's been, it's been really hard. I feel like I've pushed through things for longer than I need to. And it, it causes me, I shouldn't say it causes me. It doesn't make me do anything, but it makes me think about, you know, it, it's, it has me consider that I can still have the things that I like about this and fill in the gaps with something else. Again, no pun intended. Um, so I, I, I've, I think part of it too, and it's something that I have with my current relationship is I think I didn't have enough self-worth to feel like I could have the total package, meaning having someone that is like lovely and smart and talented and sexy and, uh, gives me affirmations and speaks to me all the time and is there for me. Um, I just, I don't think I felt like I could have all of those things at once. So, and I think that's common for a lot of relationships. I think a lot of people feel like, Oh, this is the best I'm going to get. I better appreciate it. Or I can find a way to fill in the gaps of this relationship with another person or, uh, types of friends that could do this. And, and honestly, like in relationships, you can do that sometimes when it comes to friendships. Like if you have a friend that, you know, say you like, you really love video games, for example, and your partner is not a big video game fan, but they support you and they don't stop you from playing video games, but you think it would be really nice to be able to play games with them, but they don't really have interest in it. So you can, you know, find friends or a group or something to satiate that, you know, it's healthy to have your own aspects of your life, but you can't really do that when it comes to like sex. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's about being monogamous and being respectful to your partner, unless you have, you know, some predetermined polyamory situation, but that's not what this is about. You know, in, infidelity is all about breaking those established rules when it comes to uh, affection and attention typically physically and emotionally uh, to the person that you're with. So if you break that social contract, uh, you know, you can't, you can't go and satiate that somewhere else. You know, that's something you need to work on with your partner. Uh, but there are other practical things in life that you can. So, um, but I, I think, I think that's the trouble that a lot of us face is like feeling like we are worthy of all of it. And, it's kind of amazing that I feel like I have all of that, especially having a sh an episode like this where I'm kind of revealing that I've been less than stellar in my past. Um, you know, if there was any kind of karmic, that's kind of the reason I don't believe in karma. Cause I feel like if karma existed, it would totally, I would be in the ground right now. So, you know, I feel like things are, have been working out in my favor. I feel like I have a partner that sa satiates all of those things um, and I don't put pressure on her to be the one that has to do that. You know, it, it involves my personal growth as well. It involves me being able to exhibit and be that for her as well. And I've been learning that with time. I've been learning that with, as I mature and grow, that it is a two-way street, of course. And we've been really great at connecting with one another in terms of talking uh, about everything, being real about it, even if it's uncomfortable. And it's really the only time I've been able to do that without a fear of walking on eggshells or um, any kind of closed mindedness or anything like that. It's been really wonderful. So, uh, you know, while I've made mistakes in my past, um, I know to not do that again. That's not something I want. I know that if it's 
if I ever feel that kind of urge, because I'm familiar with that urge, that I will know how to address it. So um, hopefully that will help you. I mean, I talked about myself a lot. <laughs> I don't know if you're a person who has experienced this. Maybe it could help you understand a person that you, you know, you've been cheated on by someone. And I think it is important to understand that it's never about the person who's being cheated on. I think that the person who's doing it has some things they have to work through and they have to fix. And I think if they do say they love you, they love you and they care about you, but they don't know how to use it <laughs> and they don't know how to keep it within the relationship. And again, it's not about making an excuse for that type of person. They need to grow. They need to change. And sometimes they need to let you go. But, um, you know, I, I think in terms of the, the one being cheated on to not let it affect their own self-worth because it, it isn't about you not being enough. The people that I was with at the time when these things happen, like I loved those people. I loved that I was with them. I love who they are as a person. I still love and respect them as people. Um, and I know that's hard to hear and say like, well, you fucking did this. Like what that doesn't, again, it wasn't about them. It was about me. It was about me working through my stuff. It was about me trying to learn more about who I am and, and realize that I'm pretty messed up and I have been trying to fix that for a very long time. And so they've had the opportunity to, to grow, to meet new people, to create a situation that has been good for them. And I wish them all the best. And that's what I want for them. So, um, and, and I'm trying to do the same for me, you know, so that I don't feel like I, I, I need to do that sort of thing. Uh, you know, I'm constantly shifting and growing and changing. We all make mistakes. We all do bad things. I don't say we all do bad things, but, you know, sometimes we make mistakes. And the best thing that we could do as people is to continue to try to grow from them and be a better person tomorrow than we were today. So, whew, that was kind of hard. <laughs> that was a lot of that was a lot of heavy stuff to talk about. I've never really spoken about that in any kind of public way. So, uh, let's hopefully this doesn't go bad. <laughs> but honestly, uh, I'm comfortable talking about it because I feel like I've been growing from it. And um, you know, being able to take all those principles and apply it to my life and current relationship. And you know, the big thing, the big major takeaway, and I want to reiterate this is that if you're someone who has been cheated on, understand that most likely it was not about you. You did not do something to make them cheat on you. You were not too ugly. You were not unsexy. You were not unintelligent. You were not uncaring enough. Uh, you know, you were, you were, you were enough, you know, you just have to be enough to the right person. They weren't ready to appreciate you. I wasn't ready to appreciate them as people. And, um, you know, I see the value in them. I was with them for a reason, you know, and I took that for granted and I paid the price by losing them, you know, some, some and some, I'd say some, but like two really are people that I don't converse with anymore. And it's pretty sad. So, um, you know, these are things that you deal with in life and you, you move on. So with that, I'm going to end this very heavy episode, <laughs> at least heavy for me. Um, and, uh, let me know what you guys think of this episode. If you have any questions, please leave a voice message or hit me up and rival my design on all the social channels. I have Myers-Briggs courses up. If you go to super, uh, super MBTI dot 
training, you can check out the advanced course or go to cnote.media. I have all my courses up there for podcasting and Myers-Briggs personal development. There's a personal development free course called um, Myers-Briggs Easy Mode to kind of give you the introductory idea of Myers-Briggs and help you understand your personality type to be able to move forward in life. So um, with that, uh, make sure you subscribe to the show. If you haven't already, leave a positive review. I would really, really love that. And, um, you know, take care of yourselves and each other and uh, keep on moving on this path of life. You know, try to just be a little bit better than you were today, tomorrow, or whatever. You know what I mean? All right, I'm going to go. I'll see you guys. Take care of yourselves. See ya. Bye. Okay. Later. Peace out. Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. 